Prosperity in first tonight. Good to see you here. Hey, I'm Chris with Cycle Source Magazine. Welcome to the countdown to this week's episode of Shop Talk. Um, awesome to be back in the studio tonight, man. We've been running like crazy. Tons of stuff going on with Source Media and Grease and Gears Garage. We'll give you guys a little taste of that coming up in the hour. Killer guest tonight. Fantastic show. Kate Kaiser in the house. Good to see you. Carol McCardo. Make sure you throw up your uh, your hometown name and where you know where you're listening from, who you are. We we'll get you a little shout out, and most importantly, hit the like and share button. Help us get this out all across the land. Help us spread the disease that has become shop talk. Sunday nights here in Source Headquarters, 50 floors beneath the street level. We're going live in just three and a half. Shop talk, get ready. Tim Stahl, are you kidding me? Jamie Roberts, Cyrus, Missouri. Guy Boyd, Lower Lake, California. Tony Tello in the house. What's up, sir? David Crumb, Pompton Lakes, NJ, exclamation point. Blue Ridge, some up here. Hey, you guys know that I'm a big fan, big fan of New Jersey, right? Got my pork roll just yesterday morning here in the office, boy. 114, Southern Indiana. Andy Sweeney, what's up, buddy? Tim Stahl. I can't even believe Tim's here tonight, Mark. Tim who? Tim Stahl. Tim Stahl. Don't call me Tim Stahl. Tim, Tim Stahl. Remember Elvis? The, the before and after Elvis? Oh, that's <laughs> Sasha Cycle in the house with us tonight. Good to see you, brother. Michael Crummel. Hello from Livingston by God, Texas. That's Rob Nussbaum. Everybody act up, straighten up, act right, fly right. The ass prod is here going to be a great show tonight just two minutes left on the countdown make sure you hit the like and share let your friends know that we're going live with shop talk in just two minutes Henderson saying hi from Spokane, Washington. Mr. Boyles, Poppy B in the house. Detroit. Saddle Shore Ranch, right on. What's up, buddy? Where's the Cycle Source Bike Show in Daytona this year? Broken Spoke. Broken Spoke, our home away from home. Our home in Florida. Our home under the weeping willow trees. Broken Spoke Saloon. I just saw that the office said details to be released this week. I kind of blew that one. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, California. P-H-I, Pittsburgh, PA. What's up, Chris Heather, Josh Phillips, Oklahoma City. Good to see you, man. Oh, counting down. We're almost to the half a minute mark. There's no stopping it now. 37 seconds. I guess that means it's time to get this one out of the station up on the tracks get ready to go live with another episode of shop talk here we go
wait a minute. Tim Soldier said something about panhead dreams are made in Blue Ridge Summit. Tim, did you score us a panhead? I'll stop this show right now. Call me. Okay, Scooter Tramps and Chopper Jockeys all across the land. It's just almost exactly 9.01. Come on. Do I get some credit for it? Come on. 9.01? Really? And I forgot the button. Didn't even get my applause because I blew the applause button. 9.01 on the East Coast. That means it's time for Shop Talk. I'm your host, Chris Callen from Cycle Source Magazine, uh, 50 floors below the street level here in Source Magazine headquarters, courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. Getting ready for another episode of Shop Talk. Can't wait. This is going to be awesome. You guys are going to have your faces pulled off by the content that we have here tonight. And my crew. Oh, boy. Hey. <laughs> did, you, did you feed him sugar today or something? What the hell is going on? I'm cheersing. Still, cheersing. This is what happens when you have leftover holiday cups from Duncan. Duncan. Do they sponsor you yet? Because if not, shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Kiefer says lots and lots of clipping. Oh boy. Hmm. Okay. Strange. So I have a question. Go ahead. Sunday. Sunday. Now you always say it's a great way to end the week, and I think Sunday is when you start the week. God, I have trouble starting the week on Monday, let alone moving it up know. a day to I Sunday. I think Sunday is is the start of the week, right? Well, I don't know. You you determine. Put, put the question. Ending? I don't know. I want to know what everybody else there. thinks. It's very important. Put the question out there. They everybody else can answer that. Well, one. Sunday is God's day, Heather. You know. Right. <laughs> the police are following you. What? Oh boy. Remember the cop you met at Eaton Park in Washington, PA, a couple years ago? You yeah. had the twisted bike. I'm here. <laughs> what did you do? I, what listen. did you do? Yeah, your audio is glitching. Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping we got it fixed up now. I just made a quick on-the-fly adjustment. There we go. Okay, good. Adjustment on the move. You know, anyone that, that understands. That damn keeper, you know? Yeah. It's strange because it didn't do that pre-show. I will say that. Yep. Keeper's fault. I, I got to thank the people that invented Windows 10 and their auto audio adjustments. It's awesome. Tim agrees with me. Tim, so you agree with me that Sunday is the beginning of the week? Tim agrees with you. I'll leave that one completely alone. Tim is a genius. He has panheads. He's a genius. Tim who? Okay. Sunday is a wine <laughs> I like wine and I like, okay, I, I'll buy that. Check one, two, one, two. So we're still getting, still getting uh, comments about the audio, but I got nothing here. I got nothing else to adjust. I got, so. nothing. I got nothing, Jerry. I got nothing. Jersey in the house. I'm detecting a little sarcasm, Chris. Uh, but which part? Which part? Look, <laughs> look what I have to deal with here. Are you kidding me? Let's start. What are you whining about? Like seriously? I'm not whining. I've just had a little too much coffee, and too you, guys much. Are, you guys are arguing over what day it is. I'm not even sure. So, this is shop talk. Um, <laughs> we're going to move on, and, and hopefully the audio is not too ridiculous. Uh, no. It is. It is. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. 
I'm not sure. How weird. Troy Phillips, I spend 500 bucks a month at Dunkin' Donuts, just saying. What's we that? We may have you beat, Troy. I'm not sure. We may have you beat. Although that's one thing I liked. I was home in, in New Hampshire and Massachusetts over the holidays. There is a Dunkin' Donuts like every mile there. It well, is like yeah, heaven. Well, they have to put them every mile there. That's where they're from. So. It, but it's it is it's like heaven for that one reason. God. We've all come to the conclusion that, like a big group of us, that if you don't care, bring Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> so any other specialized, get a good specialty donut, whatever. How if you don't give a shit about the people you're bringing donuts to, just bring them Dunkin' Donuts. That's yeah, our. That's not that's, true. Our, that's the new thing. I'm telling you right now, it's a new thing. <laughs> Heather, he's completely insulted your people. Yeah, well, people just because that's where they're from. Yeah, why would I expect anything else? Right. So, I'll I'll go for the little mom and pop donut shops. Distortion rules. Okay, so I like it. It's an Hmm. ACDC show. If uh, we go, we go all the way back to the beginning of the show, or what? Because Duncan has the best coffee. Mark probably likes that Green Devil Woman crap. No. I like my coffee I make at home. That's my favorite coffee. Who is this Tool Brothers? I mean, obviously you're a tool if you're calling me old. Like, you have the right name. Heather, you're old. I don't know who you are, but you definitely gave yourself the right name, dude. (laughs) Well, you are old. Aren't you like 90? How old are you? Obviously doesn't know about all the technology we use, I can't use wireless headphones with the setup that we currently have because I'm not using a cell phone like most people do. Yep. Anyway, here we go. Um, if, uh, if you hear that the audio is cracking, let us know. I'll do what I can with it on the, on the fly here. Um, listen between the cracks. Not exactly sure what's going on. Rob Nussbaum saying question mark, start over. No. (laughs) Death Wish Coffee is where it's at. Now what? I don't know. Are we starting over? He has that funny look on his face over here. So I figured out how to get Chris off a sugar high. Tell him the sound's crackling. Oh, boy, he's, oh, man. he's moving so, stuff. And Mark, how have you been this week? It was wonderful. It was a very busy week, you know. Work, work, work. I haven't had to work on Saturday. Good news Good only news cracks only when you cracks talk. cracks when you talk. It sounds okay now on my end. That's from Big D. Okay. Do you want to well, share a microphone? I, I wasn't talking, though. Is it still? Is it still? Are we good? Sounds good. Okay. Bomber, sounds good. Here we go. Jesus Christ. Well, now that that's <laughs> over. Wow. All right. So I'm not sure what's going on, man. Like. I get all the sound set up perfectly, and Windows does this thing where it makes automatic adjustments. Anybody have any ideas on how to fix Windows or just remove it? Throw it on the ground real hard. That always works for me. Nothing? Hmm. Oh, boy. All right. Okay. Let's, I think, if the audio is good, why don't we start with the news? Maybe. Are we there? <laughs> Who's running this show? Well, apparently not you. You're on vacation. <laughs> His work week doesn't start till tomorrow, Heather. So, yeah, I told you it was the end of the week. <laughs> All right, first up in the news tonight, it is because we're 50 floors below the street level. 
Oh, Jesus. So first up in the news tonight, this in from Progressive AFT America Flat Track Series unveils 2021 schedule. I cannot tell you how well this does my heart because all of a sudden we're looking at events coming back. Look down here and you see a full complement of flat track racing that's going to go down this year. Yay. Yeah, so buddy. Excited. So January 15th to 2021, Daytona Beach, Florida, Progressive American Flat Track proudly releases its 17 event race schedule for a 2021 season, which will only once again bring America's original extreme sport to beloved race venues across the country. The season will launch with the reprise of the Volusia Half Mile 1 and 2 doubleheader on Friday, March 12th and Saturday, March 13th during Daytona Bike Week and will culminate at the racing mecca of Charlotte Motor Speedway on October 8th. Big congratulations for flat track racing coming back to motorcycling this year. No joke. I know. So exciting. I would love to get Mr. Fish to one of those races. All right. So you guys are going to get to know Mr. Fish here pretty soon. He's a... Chris calls him one of the OG here. He's a super cool machinist that does a lot of work um, with Chris and helps the flat broke guys out a lot. But we just did some video with him and I got to learn so much about him. He was flat track racing in 1966 and he raced with what some of the Springsteen's and he raced with Eric. Well, dude, I think that was one of the best things of the interview because you know, when you talk to old flat track guys, everyone will tell you about Jay Springsteen, but he was talking about Jay's brother. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, wow, dude, Ed is like the original. Yep. I mean, truly the original. Yeah. And how many people do you know can say, I drove Eric Buell and our bikes down to Daytona to race. And talk about what a train wreck he was. (laughs) I know. That was the best part. Yeah, so. He did not have his shit together. (laughs) Think this. Most people would be like, yeah, you know, I raced with Eric Buell for a section. Now, Ed Ed is a machinist, right? He's a tool and die maker. So to to say that he's precise and meticulous would be a complete understatement. So he's like, you know, I would have, by, by the morning we were leaving, I'd have all my stuff packed, my tools are sorted, everything's labeled. He said, and Eric would just shovel shit into the back of the van and tell me, it's a 15-hour ride. I can put the bike together on the way to the track. You do realize that the whole time he was telling that segment, I was having flashbacks to you loading to get the hell out of time. You know, you know that, right? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I immediately... Started to recall kinships with Eric Buell. Yes. Yeah. yeah Ed, Ed's just one of the coolest guys to hang out with. Yes, he sir. He really is. He's fantastic. All right. Next up in the news coming in from Consumer Affairs, Honda recalls African twin adventure sports motorcycles. A fuel filter may clog and cause an engine stall, which also describes every shovel head I've ever I've had in my right. life. Yeah. I'm going to go for that. But, you know, those were the days of cream tank sealers, so... Not sure that's relevant. Um, tr- the transformation is coming. Triumph, all new, every dimension. The Speed Triple 1200 RS will deliver an absolute transformation in terms of speed, triple power, performance, handling, and technology for the ultimate performance naked sports ride. I don't think they could Wait, get more descriptive than that, yeah. but it's a global live launch event, <sighs> which means this is the news we have for you. Here it is. Basically coming soon. 
this, <laughs> this seems to be the new trend that everyone is doing these global live launch events. And uh, here with Harley Davidson, you know, also coming up on the 19th. I'm curious, who's going to watch that on the 19th? Who's Who signed up to watch it? I, you know... I'm going to wait until the 19th and a half and see it in 3 million places on social media. You know, so I yeah, don't know. I'm busy that day. Anyway, um, Harley Davidson also set to launch. This is actually their first global launch like this, so we're, we're sort of interested to see what they do with that. Um, well, I, I assume that they're doing it, number one, to get it out to the masses quicker and faster, but number two, they're probably, uh, I would imagine, a little gun shy of having you know their media their press launches like they usually do thanks to the pandemic and everything else that happens seems to be going on in the country right now okay we have to take a break just for one second here and ask walter Kuro to to clarify his comment is harley used to stay at the akutiki texter springer booty what? Are you gay? <laughs> yes, you got any so, pics of that? <laughs> I'm asking. I'm asking for clarification. Akutiki's texter Springer booty. Hook, uh, hook wow. us up. All right. I think this qualifies as batshit crazy news. Oh yeah, batshit crazy news. <laughs> we'll call it that anyway. Oh. This comes in from KIMT3 News. Pro wrestling, wrestling legend's custom motorcycle goes missing in Mason City. Bike made for Randy Macho Man Savage. A local businessman is asking for the public's help in finding three missing motorcycles. Sony, oh no, owner of XTC Auto Sales. I had to say it that way, right? Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. XTC Auto Sales <laughs> in Mason City says he noticed Tuesday morning. Three cycles had been stolen from his warehouse. One was a custom bike designed for pro wrestling legend Randy Macho Man Savage. And, oh no, says another belonged to pro wrestling Perry Saturn. So what do you think Macho Man said when he found out his bike was stolen? Ooh, I've been dead for a while now and <laughs> didn't know I had. Is he dead? <laughs> I didn't know he was dead, seriously. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hey, Chris, we lost our picture. Or at least I lost my picture. Pictures. Uh, okay. There you go. <laughs> the whole kind show is a train wreck tonight. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What do you got? What do you got after that? <laughs> I mean, Mark, slowly reach over and take the coffee I'm away. really not sure what's going on Don't right do now. It. Don't do it. Right. Take the coffee away. Trust me. There's gonna be it's gonna be a fight. It's gonna be a throwdown. Okay, so let's start that segment over. Let's go back to the Macho Man news. There's the Macho Man, his motorcycle in the background. <laughs> Just play by play. Photo courtesy of Sonny. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. I want to meet that guy. Mark, what do you think Randy said when he when he found out his motorcycle was stolen? What motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I'd think he'd say. Like, what what motorcycle? Oh Wait a minute. Fox Marie got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm going to put it this way. He was like, ooh, when I get the guy that stole my motorcycle, snap. <laughs> <laughs> that was really kind of why I put that news piece in there. Cause, just because I wanted you to do the voice. Macho Man was the king, dude. 
He was the king. All hell macho man. Didn't he used to go into your club? He went into the strip club that Mark and I used to bounce at. And, okay, uh, you can do that impression. One, one night, one night, it was, like, it was rough. right at the end of the night, we we're just getting ready to close. Like the, the closing song was playing and somebody decided to pinch his ass. Yeah. And no. dude, yes. Oh yeah. 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 He, he sort of went off the deep end. Not one of the dancers. A yeah, guy. It was a guy. Yeah. It was another <gasps> customer. A guy. No. Yeah. Pinched his ass and, uh, and, and a fight broke out. It was like 43 people. Both sides of the bar, the the shit was just and there and and Randy like for anybody that didn't know Randy like out in public he was Macho Man yeah like I don't know if he ever took that costume off but that night he was like he sprung up and he was like oh you think that's funny fat boy yeah. pinch another guy's ass outside <laughs> it, it was almost like it took more time for everybody to set themselves up to get into the fight than the fight actually taking you know. Taking a, a form, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. So neat. Like in an instant like that, I wish they had, like there were the cameras video, back then. Videos on cell phones. Like, oh my god! Right yeah, yeah. Tim Stahl said Randy had a heart attack while driving across four lanes of traffic and didn't hit anyone. Oh yeah, look at him go. Well, he had a heart attack that night. He didn't hit anybody that night either, just to let you know. No, but we so. did everything we could to keep people from hitting him because there was half of the bar one to whoop Macho Man's ass. Yeah, it was, it was just tough. Just to say they did, right? Funny thing about titty bars in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people go there looking for a name. Yes, they do. Oh. You guys had, like, you must have... I have no idea what it was like because it was long before I was here, but it must have been quite the club because some of the names you've told me was, about. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. I can tell you that um, everybody, I was sort of uh, I was sort of undercover. Anytime something shitty was going on, they'd send me in because people would start shit with me. But uh, every big bouncer wore a white shirt with a bow tie and a, and a vest, a black yeah, vest. Yeah, tuxedo shirt and vest. And when the lights turned on, they were the grossest white shirts ever <laughs> known to man. Those things could stand up in the back. You didn't have to hang them behind the, the uh, cash counter. The, the little cash cube there because they just stood up on their own back oh, there. Gross, it was gross, it was gross, pretty gross, bad. Gross, yeah. gross, but gross, the club was gross, awesome. Gross. We had it, it was oh, yeah. it was the so club, much fun. It was, was crazy. Well all we used to do was sit around in those tuxedo tops and <laughs> and eat and talk shit. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, we'd get done with a, a twelve hour shift and we'd take them off and hang them in the back and then we'd put them on the next day. Like I'll tell you the thing that would have been the best would have been having recordings on the earpieces that everybody oh wore because the one-liners that came out were freaking epic. And you can't believe the shit that you see in a in a strip club. You can't. You cannot believe it. You yeah. cannot believe it. Like one night we had uh, Terry Waggle was in the house, and anybody that knows, like you know, adult film star. Once upon a time, she was like Frederick's a Hollywood supermodel, and you know everybody's little angel. And then over one summer, she did like three hundred ninety-five porns. Yeah, like seriously. Completely off the completely off the deep end, and uh, she was at our club, and there was like there was a thousand people in the club that night. You know, not including dancers and staff and everything. We had six or seven security. Every stage yeah. was going. It was it was mad. House. We had security in the parking lot because there was lines of people outside trying to get in there. I remember that night, <laughs> and I was working on the main stage, which was on a perch up by the the DJ, 
And the, the head of security at the time, Bob, yelled up to me, and he goes, he says, hey, Chris, you want to stop those two from doing that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, look down. And I looked down, and there was a man and a woman sitting at the main stage. Yeah, going, going uh, to town. No. Well, she had either passed out and her head fell on his lap, or well, there was something else going on. We're going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, so I threw them out. Right there in front of God and everyone. thousand people in the club. And I'm thinking. Yeah. And that was rare for this place. I mean, in all reality, this place ran like a, like a smooth ship. It was, it was, a, it was a, it was a tight ship. That's for sure. Yeah. You're clicking again a little. Oh boy. It's the coffee. Yes. Seriously. Don't know. I don't know if we have a bad cord in here or what? Is it gone? Got a bad cord up in this, his, eh? Yeah. You're good or not? I don't know. You got Is it? Is there a delay? Because she's staring at that camera like yeah. something's going on. No, no, no. I'm reading the comments. <laughs> okay. Get blue collar build up. Get Mark to work the world's tallest outdoor stripper pole at <laughs> the Saddle Sore Ranch. That'd be oh. that'd be pretty horrible for me. I haven't been in a strip club and probably will never go in another one All again. Right, well, let's let's keep pushing on as long as. I'm going to take all these cords and throw them away tonight, maybe. So, uh, be fun. King of the Baggers, five rounds in 2021. If you guys remember the uh, the Laguna Seca event that went off that was the, the first one of this thing ever, people didn't know what it was going to be, what it was going to look like. Blew people's minds. We are about to witness history. Um, dude, I still dig the shit out of that. Oh, dude, I, and I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be kick kick ass. You know, April thirtieth, Michelin Raceway Road, Brasilin, Georgia, um, Road America, Elkhart Lake in June, WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca in July, Pittsburgh International Race Complex, Welcome yeah, PA, August thirteenth through the fifteenth. Oh, it's, Stur- it's at the end of Sturgis. September seventeenth yeah. through the nineteenth, Barber Motorsports Park, Brigham, Alabama. Go check this out. Yeah, this is be. you know what we said about this man was that it's it's something that was completely new. You know, like that was that was the best thing about it was entirely new. You know, and and talk about these dudes gaining some mad respect because when they first showed up, everybody thought, oh, they're going to go out, they're going to blow up motorcycles, they're going to be oil all over the place, and they were only seconds off of the pace of the big bikes. So good for them. Yeah, I would like to go to that. I'd like yeah. to go to at least one of those. Yeah, I me think. too. I'd love to see it. Just to say I did. Yep, absolutely. A uh, couple quick news things to get through to the end of this. Um, very sad obligation to pass along the news that Russ Brown, highly ex- uh, highly respected attorney, renowned for his work and advocacy for motorcycles, has died. January 11, 2021, legendary lawyer Russ Brown, known for his ferocious advocacy on behalf of injured motorcyclists, died in Los Angeles, his Los Angeles home with his wife, Hannah, his daughter Lauren, by his side on January 10th. He was 86. Um, probably don't even need to say how much this man, anybody that's watching this show, yeah. how much this man's done for motorcycling. You know, his, his entire firm, all his people continue to do great work, not just on behalf of injured motorcyclists, but motorcycle events, motorcycle outreach. They do so much for the community. 
and uh, it's it's with a heavy, heavy heart that we pass along the news of his passing. Our our hearts and prayers go out to his family. Very sad. Yeah, that was a sucky one. Yeah, buddy, this was uh, you know, I I kind of gotta put that on the tail end of twenty twenty, you know, because the son of a bitch of the year it was, boy. Yeah, it was a tough one. Anyway. <clears throat> So moving on, we're going to get to our guest, um, killer guest tonight. We got to spend some time with him down at the uh, Wheels of Steel, where his motorcycle kicked everyone in the face. And uh, we're going to go straight to it right now. Fish, I'm losing control tonight. <laughs> it's all right. The audio, You're doing the, good. the audio, the video. I'm like, shot myself in the face for that one. Hey, the way I figure it now, if, if any of my stuff fails, we're good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Blame it all on the cord. Oh, <laughs> right. So, what's going on? Thank you for having me on. Oh no, dude, we're we're totally totally stoked to have you here. Um, I don't even know where to begin because you're you're one of those cats that like seriously makes me wish I could do more and makes me want to do more because you do everything. Well, I appreciate that, <laughs> man. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I don't that, know. Well, and it, you it's do a lot of fun. Well. Yeah, right? Right? I appreciate like, it. Yeah, you don't suck at any of it. Like seriously, I got to see your work up close and in person at Wheels of Steel. Incredible. On all fronts. Well, it didn't start out that way, but thank you. <laughs> so let's let's go let's go back to that. Tell us tell us where it all starts. Where do you get where do you come into motorcycling? Because you have you haven't really been that long into this. To like especially when you look at the motorcycle that you won, and I'm getting reminded that it was the Rick Holman Legacy Award winner, first ever, right? First ever Rick Holman Legacy Award winner. Or set, no, not first ever. No, I would be number three. Number I think. three. I believe. Uh, well, it was Kyle Ray Rice gave it to me, and then I believe Brian Buteris gave it to him. If I'm that's correct. right. That's so. right. So this was a to let everybody in on that. This was a, a special award of the Wheels of Steel that Jason Holman and all his people put together in tribute and memory to his father Rick Holman. It's the Rick Holman Legacy Award, and what it is is um, the builder who wins it from the previous year picks a bike and a builder from that year's event to award that to. It's you know like the ultimate best of show, and then they have the award and the the bragging rights for the following year until they come back and they have to pick next year's winner. So your bike, my man, absolutely like there was there was some tough tough competition there. Your bike absolutely stood out. Man, I, I couldn't believe it there. You know, I look up to a lot of those guys, uh, that had bikes there and, uh, man, I'm just honored and, and grateful and thankful, you know? Well, you know, the, the, uh, it's funny because we're busting your balls about doing everything, but seriously, Mark, like Mark didn't get to make it down to that one with us. So here's this amazing bike. It's sitting in front of, you know, three or four other amazing bikes with, you know, stuff that he's, he, he did the leather, he did all the yeah. building, he, you know, everything the whole way through the banner that's on the backdrop. He hand painted the banner, like he, you know, everything, yeah, everything. Not a lot of people do every piece of it. So 
you know, we always said one thing, you know, about cycle source and stuff for years. We, we never really had anybody to do anything that, you know, we had to do everything ourselves, like create the backgrounds and the designs. And not a lot of people do that than to do it at the level that obviously you're doing it at. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Wait a minute. Yeah, let's be perfectly high. clear. Like we weren't doing it anywhere near like what you were. Like we'd literally take paintbrushes and just write party here. <laughs> on well, shit, I, don't, you know? I don't know if I'd go quite that far, but yeah. <laughs> you, you're at a well, I, I, I did get, get some help, you know, from, uh, I'm fortunate to have a, a great circle of, of friends that are, uh, specialists in their own areas, you know, and I can lean on them a lot whenever, uh, when, whenever I need to kind of tune some stuff in and, and, you know, like to constantly be learning and, uh, always working on some art, you know? Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's where we're all at too. You know, like, I, I'm like this, this weekend coming up, we're, we're going up to Austin Andrella's to do a, an aluminum welding seminar, you know, like having people that are, wow that, you know, really have their shit together for something. I'm always looking for somebody to learn something from, and we got a really talented pool of people around us. Yeah, man, that's awesome. It's good. It's a good place to be, you know, where everybody's kind of feeding off each other and, and constantly growing, you know. Which of your skill sets, Fish, do you think was the most challenging for you? Because I know you paint and you do leather work and your own fabrication. And what what was the most time or the challenge? What was the most challenging? Uh, the paint still constantly, you know. Um, there's so many variables in paint with the chemistry, uh, temperature and, and stuff like that to, to get it to to really do exactly what you, what you want to do. I'm, I'm almost there now after so many trials and errors, but, uh, you know, the leather stuff wasn't a lot, you know, that takes a while to get right to, you know, um, tolerances and leather work, even the, you know, everybody thinks upholstery, like seat upholstery is a lot more intricate than leather work. Tolerances and leather work are about a 16th of an inch, you know, seam allowance in upholstery, is an eighth to a quarter depending on how you do it you know so it, it's tricky and the stuff with the with the leather work is usually you know if a saddlebag or a seat you're finalizing that especially if you're selling it with a machine at the very end you might have two three or more yeah. days worth of work that you could just destroy at the last minute just right. by running that machine off an edge <laughs> you know i hate doing saddlebags i mean i do them and they're not cheap but it's just nerve-wracking the last you know, hour of getting it together and then you can like breathe and go, Oh, okay. It wasn't <laughs> well, you, a failure. And you know what, man, I, th I think Mark and I can agree on that too, is the same thing with paint. Yeah. You know, like when you're doing an intricate paint job and you're, you know, 30 layers into it and you've already done the overlays and the, the underlays and the, the tape off and everything. And like, you know, when, when you're on that last, removing the tape of the last layer yeah. before you're going to clear and you're praying to God that nothing's <laughs> going to lift and like, and, and destroy the last five days of your life. Yeah, you people, know? people don't right. even, people don't even know how nerve wracking that is if they've never done it before. And we say all the time, like we look at people like, you know, Dave Pierwitz and people like that, that did this with the sure. material they had to work with back then. We're so lucky that we have the, well, I mean, I've been doing it for, 30 years it's not you know not like i haven't been doing but i didn't do as much intricate stuff back then as i do now but man there's nothing right. more nerve-wracking than pulling that last couple inches of tape off your 
you're like one foot's already out the door as you're pulling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's scary that you know the candies, the candies are hard right now. I mean, it's not as cold as it is uh, up where you guys are at, but for Florida, it's pretty cold, you know. And trying to shoot manipulate some candy in in thirty to to fifty degree temperatures, you know, I'm heating the pieces and heating you know the candy that's mixed up yeah yeah absolutely. and crossing your fingers to get stuff completed and it's you know yeah, but we, we sort of have a, a unique little paint booth that's made out of uh out of like inch and a half styrofoam and we put a little heater in it and i can get that <laughs> paint booth up to like 85 degrees if i have to oh man so it really awesome. dude it's a very simple process too to, yeah. to make this little booth it's something that anybody that does this like we do that doesn't have the ability to have a uh, downdraft self heat main or uh, temperature maintained booth. This is the ticket for you. Well, I think the only thing that saves us too is there. There is, you know, for the most part in there a, a zero humidity condition. Yeah, you know what I mean when we're when we're doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the humidity. You know, you, you got to watch it. Uh, every morning I wake up as I'm brushing my teeth, I'm checking the weather. Yeah. To see what that humidity is going to do. Well, if, if we're if we're painting, you know, which which is quite a bit here. You know, um, so but I wanted to I wanted to touch a little bit on the on the the Rick Hallman um, award. Yes. You know, what's cool about that? And I spoke a little bit with Brian Buteris and a little bit with Kyle um, and Jason. You know what could be really cool this year, and I'm trying to encourage people to build a bike all year for that. And I'm also throwing it out there that if anybody would need any help or advice just direct message me on whatever right trades on, or anything dude. like that that you'd want to you'd want to try to do or try to accomplish you know uh, i mean i'd be super willing to help out and, and it'd be great if that continued to happen year after year where people are just keeping to try to, to up the ante you know what i mean yeah yeah and i mean that was you know from from talking to jason that's really what he's trying to set up there is you know, he he said it's almost like a Riddler word. He wants it to be, you know. So yeah. it's really that, really that legacy kind of kind of deal built into it. I'm not looking forward to making the trophy. No, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle made a really nice one. Man, I look at it every day. It's in the showroom, you know. I look at it. I'm like, man. All right, <laughs> you gotta think about that one for a little bit, you know. Yeah, screw the bike. The trophy's gonna be the hard part, yeah, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. So. Fish, Tony Tello would like to know which of the skills that you work on do you enjoy the most? Uh, I like fabrication a lot. You know, I, I like I like welding a lot, trying to get a good finish weld. And uh, we started building some frames. Uh, we're actually doing some twin cam choppers. I built a zero engineering frame out of a soft tail uh, chassis. I kept the cradle and kept the, the axle plates. And uh, I have a lot of fun with the fabrication, you know. But the nice thing about doing a little bit of everything is, like, right now I'm sick of painting. I can't wait to get in there and get on a welding table next week. I got some fabrication to do. And then bounce around. Like I said, I'm doing a saddlebag for a guy in California. And, uh, you know, maybe those three. uh, You know, the the mechanical stuff's a little bit clunky and, and can be frustrating when you, you know, have some issues that are out of your control that cause you to not get stuff completed. You know, but at least with, I like the fabrication because it's in, you're able to, it's up to you to complete it, you know, so you, you get into it, what you put out, you know, 
put into it what you get out of it. You and I talked about that in Florida too, man, that that's, you know, on the on this end of things, like about the time that I'm sick of being stuck in the office, I get to go out on the road. And, you know, when I'm sick of being out there, I get to spend time in the garage. And that break that you get, like sometimes having so many things is the only thing that keeps you on track. It would seem like the, the chaos of all of it would be the opposite, but sometimes it's the only thing that keeps it together. Yeah, it's you know keep it balanced, and then you don't you don't get uh, complacent with it, and then you then you're you're hungry to to learn. You know, every every morning when I I get I start real early, start at five thirty or six in the morning, but from six to eight is the time that I work on different skill sets I'm trying to expand on. So I might get where I come in and I pinstripe or draw some art, you know, for a few hours in the morning. Right now I'm working on some some. Uh, learning how to draw scroll work organically in, in paint panels and incorporate that into paint jobs. If I can be as fluent doing that as I am with flames, it's kind of like a little goal I want to try to achieve by the end of summer. And, you know, I like, I like working on that for a few hours in the morning, just take a little time and that way you're progressing instead of just the same old grind of trying to complete your stuff, you know? Yeah. Nothing worse than the monotony of, same old thing over and over and over. It's painful. Scallops. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> I figured I'd throw yeah. that in for you real quick. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> so, wait a minute. We got we to gotta stop here because I want to punch Greg White right in the face. <laughs> custom wiring is the best. Are you kidding me? Who in their right mind answers custom wiring is the best thing? That's your least favorite thing to do. That's everybody's <laughs> least favorite thing to do. You know, I don't mind it. I, I really don't mind it too much. Wait a minute. He's he's good at wiring too and, and likes it. <laughs> Man, I was super intimidated by it, you know, for a little bit. I had to do some restoration work and had to follow that manual and got, you know, given the wiring harnesses and all this stuff has to be like to the Bruce Palmer book. And, uh, you know, after doing that, chopper wiring's, uh, you know, not as complicated. It's all It's all difficult if you want it to look super you know, particular, but, uh, I, I don't mind it. It's not a good thing. You want a bunch of people talking to you while you're doing it. <laughs> At least, you know, even in the but, same room, Jason, yeah, Holman, it's, you know, Jason Holman also time. says he loves wiring. You have to be, I think you have to be in the right frame of mind. I mean, and I'm, and I'm obviously not talking about chopper wiring because chopper wiring is, you know, six or seven wires. Yeah. But like right now we have a big dog in the shop and, I don't know if any of you have tackled the wiring harness of a big dog motorcycle, but here's the funny thing about big dog. It turns out, and I got this because I I sent them an email and asked them for a a diagram of one of their replacement, their upgrade harness. And after they told me they didn't have one, I sent them what I had in the connections and they sent me two different versions of what it could be. And neither one of those were right. So basically it was like, okay, it's Friday. These are the color wires that we have to work with today. They might not be the same on Monday. (laughs) I worked for a bus company, for a transportation company for a bunch of years. And we wired 26 passenger airport limousines. Wiring's not fun. So, I mean, (laughs) that's a whole, whole new skill set. So doing these choppers, if you think wiring's fun, go to your local bus garage and try wiring up one of those airport limousines oh, for five minutes. You'll want to commit suicide. I feel like I have to say, just to clarify, the big dog is not ours. It just happens to be in our shop. <laughs> Who, whose, is, whose is that big dog, Heather? Who's, whose is that? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question that just reminded me. Okay. You put the little stream deck thingy on my phone. Does that mean I have sound effects too? No. Oh, don't touch that. Oh. Do not <laughs> touch that. Damn it. I'd have to give him a try. You know, he said don't touch it, so that means yes. <laughs> no, seriously, do I have sound effects no, too? No, I- you don't. <laughs> Oh. All right, so everybody listen, thinks I should have sound effects. Some, I know they do. Some of the other stuff that we have in in uh, common is music, and um, I was I was a little uneasy about whether or not we'd you know talk about your music stuff tonight. But you said that someone else on another show had already busted you on that. So I want you to tell everybody about your music life a little bit. Well, and and here's the here's the reason for that. I'm I'm very proud of, of all the the music stuff that I was fortunate enough to be able to do. I, I didn't getting into doing motorcycles full time. I, I wanted to earn my keep with it. I wanted to make sure that, uh, the, the, the motorcycle build stuff would speak for itself. And what, if, and when it was getting judged, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be like, Oh, I know you from when you used to play in a band, you know, whatever. But I, I played in a band for, for quite a while, uh, over 10 years, uh, it was a rockabilly band called Kings of Hell. And uh, shoot, we played with you guys a couple times at Willage, Chris. Right. You know, like we were talking about. And uh, got to, uh, it, it kind of started out as something not so serious. And then stuff fell into place. And uh, I wish it would have fallen in place when, when we actually could play a little bit better, <laughs> you know. But uh, we uh, got to tour Iceland twice. Right. Uh, uh, I did some solo stuff in Europe trying to get basically get the rest of the band there. Um, and we toured all over the Southeast and had a bunch of good runs did a lot of bike events and, and had a lot of fun, you know, but, uh, man, the, you know, it, the road ain't so easy when you start getting a little older on, on the body and, uh, Amen. you know, all kinds of different music fades in and out of popularity. And, and it was just a good time to step out of it, you know, honestly. Amen. You know, it's it's funny though. The reason I brought that up was, I mean, I, I wanted you to have credit for the whole music side of your life too. But the parallels that go in, Xavier and I talk about this all the time. The parallels between motorcycle life and music life, especially when it's, you know, what you're doing, like when you do it at that level, when you're on the road and you're you're going after stuff, and it's show after show, and all the miles, and all the, you know, hurry up from this thing to that thing, and deadline, and you know, all the while as a musician or as a motorcycle builder, you're trying to learn things and perfect your craft and, you know, and get that little edge on stuff. There's a lot of parallels to be had there. Do you see that too? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's all art, you know, and, uh, what I found I was struggling with, with the music is when you're writing music, you, you can get the gist. I was a primary writer in that band. And when you're trying to, format songs and, and get them finalized it's a struggle trying to get everybody else on board and everything on point and man building a motorcycle from the ground up is like riding a record absolutely and you and you don't need anybody else to do that you know so it's a little bit liberating when you can kind of just do it exactly how you wanted to you know oh, and you know some sometimes the hardest thing too is it's always better it's always better to play in a band for me like even if i could be a, a solo performer i don't know that i would ever do it because there's that thing that happens in music when you're on stage 
and everything comes together right. The sound is good. The crowd is good. The band is digging it. Everybody's in perfect timing. And it's a thing we always call the moment. You know, you have that moment man, where everything just kind of, it's almost like tunnel vision. <clears throat> well, the same kind of thing happens. I've, I've found anyway, when we're in the garage and everything's clicking, you know, and, and everything's just going good. And like you almost, you can finish each other's sentences and you know where things are going. And before you're even grabbing for something, the guy that you're working with is picking up on that. And it's, it's almost like that same kind of rhythm that you strive for in the garage, you know, but like you said, you know, when you're building a bike, you kind of, you kind of hear the whole song already, you know, and it's, it's so rare to find someone else that hears the music the same way that you do. Well, another, another similarity is, uh, the feeling you have with those, that group of people on stage when we call it when the magic happens, when everything's flowing and no one, everything's just, just right. Sounds right. Everything's just right. It's the same feeling you have when you're riding with a group of friends on bikes. You know, when you know you're so tight with those people, you know, when somebody's going left, you know, when somebody's going right and, you know, signaling hands or whatever, or, or not signaling, you're just in that kind of Zen thing Absolutely. with the same group of people. So, you know, there's similarities from doing it by yourself and doing it in groups, you know, both, both similar with music. Right on. So take us through your, uh, take us through your, your motorcycle journey a little bit. Tell us about, about you deciding that you're gonna, you're gonna build some of the most awesome motorcycles on the planet. And and the humble well, beginnings of that. <laughs> well, the well humble, first the of all, beginnings. We'll, we'll try to we'll try to condense it. First of all, uh, you know, uh, motorized vehicles were not uh, condoned growing up in in our household. Me and my younger brother were not allowed to have mopeds, motorcycles, anything. So I had to kind of wait till I could afford a motorcycle to get into them, which was in my early twenties uh, in nineteen ninety six. Two of my other close buddies, uh, they kind of fronted me the money because they were already on Harleys. And we're like, hey, you got to ride with us. So uh, they fronted me three or four grand to get a stock Sportster. And it was a 69 Ironhead, my first bike. Mm. Those and, guys really uh, didn't like you that much, did they? Jesus, right? No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I paid them back because I knew nothing at all was completely mechanically uninclined. And they had to help me get that, keep it on the road, you know. Um, but a, a couple of years later, uh, through the winter, they were all revamping their bikes and, and we cut that bike up and made it a chopper with an eight over Springer and eight hangers, like total Dave Mann stuff. You know, in the, in the beginnings uh, of all the motorcycle stuff, I was really just about the good time and, and riding. And, uh, you know, I wanted the bike to look cool, but we weren't really too stuck in the garage too much. And then as that progressed and I kept wanting more and more custom bikes, I'd always have a bike that I was riding and then, you know, would be building one and finish the one I was building and sell the other one and just kind of keep the ball rolling, um, you know, as we all get the, the disease of it, <laughs> you know. Oh, and yeah. uh, But then after, uh, after a while, uh, some things fell into place and I wanted to try to make a run of, uh, you know, I didn't really set out to do Alleyway as a company. Um but it just fell into place. I'd met my wife and it was in between work and, and different career moves. And the band was touring. I wasn't enjoying it. And she encouraged me. We had just put a bike together. I was finishing one when, when I met her 
and she was the one who kind of encouraged me to like, Hey, you know, it looks like you can kind of build a bike. Like, why don't you try to do that? So at that point I set out to what's missing in the equation from the, the really pro bikes. I, I would see at Willie's and Daytona and everywhere. And it was the paint, it was the seats, um, and the fabrication. So I just, you know, kind of started there just trying to get everything dialed in and, and hunkered down for a few years, you know, got sober for about a year and a half and got it together. You know what I mean? Right on. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and here we are. Right on, man. And I, I'll tell you like the, the thing that I like the most, you know, and, and this isn't, I'm, I'm not just trying to pump sunshine up your ass, but you know, from, from a guy now that like, you know, I'm sort of heading into my older years and some of this stuff. And when I watch things, I, I've seen, and Mark will back me up on this, I've seen so many guys that come into this, and the first bike that they that they really come out strong with is off the hook. Every little detail, every nuance. Then the second bike is 10% less than that. The next bike is 20% less than that one. You yeah, know, it because, goes, from, goes from them building the bike to building their ego. Yeah. You know, and, like and, not to be a right. dick and say that, to, you know, it's well, not for get, everybody, but they get, they get stuck in the, yeah, you know, the, the cool deadlines guy. of the shows and being at the shows and, yeah. you know, and all the time in the garage starts to slide away and, and fish dude, like really why we have so much respect for you. The bikes I've seen of yours have gone in completely the opposite direction. Like your stuff has, has that. become more intricate even, you know, that, that last bike dude, completely off the hook, completely off the hook. You know, so I appreciate it, man. Thank it, you. Thank it's, you. It's great to see that, you know, the more that you get into this, the more of yourself you're putting into that. That's, you know, like you said a, a minute ago, we all got into this because of the good time. <clears throat> yeah. You know, but when you finally find your way to that garage, that those are the hallowed halls, man. Like being there in, in that moment and that stuff that happens in the garage, you know, like going out and showing people, that's awesome. But the, Having having that level of work, that level of creativity, that's what makes this thing so badass. So, you know, just mad props to you for that. Yeah, a lot of it, Man, um, a lot really of it comes down it. to not not caring more about what you build, not what people think. You know what I mean? Like you seem to be more the kind of guy that you come up with a vision and you stick with it, and you're not concerned with what people think. You're looking at making something better for yourself, which then you have so much more to offer you everybody. Got a song? Else. Got a song? You got to get yeah. out. <laughs> well, which which is funny because the, the the panhead that I just finished was not supposed to be like that at all. It was going to be <laughs> probably more blacked out. In fact, me and Roadside Marty sat down. Uh, we had brunch right before the congregation show the year prior to that, and I was talking about the finish to do on the motor, and I wanted to do a uh, like a bead blasted kind of uh, brush nickel finish on everything instead of chrome. Yeah, but as I advanced in that competition, I I built a bike that I I wanted to do well at Born Free, mm -hmm. you know, which basically means it went from a kind of a blacked out bike to a shiny bike. But I had to do something to be able to showcase all the you know the shop's abilities, right? Um, you know, and it, do I love doing them like that? I love a super shiny show bike. You know, but I like the, you know, the runners too, that have all the little subtleties and, you know, we'll see, we'll see what the next one is. One of the things when I was 
I mean, I trolled your your Instagram and your your website and stuff like that. One of the things I was most impressed with is the diversity. <clears throat> yeah. You at Alleyway Customs have the ability and have done pretty much every style bike from the gentleman's panhead to the FXR to the Vicla style and everything in between. And for me, that is a true testament to what a great craftsman you are when you don't have just one thing that you do, but you are able to accomplish every style and every style well. So kudos to you I appreciate it. That's that's just survival. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, brother. Amen. (laughs) Absolutely. But unfortunately, that's what a lot of a lot of people out there don't necessarily understand. They're like, well, this is what I do. This is how I do it. If people don't like it, they ruin then, themselves. Then whatever. And, and they may be very, very talented, but they cut their nose off to spite their face because of that sentiment. And you just, you embrace it all again because you want to survive. So good for you. Well, this year will be, I'll be 50 and I've been on Harley's only for 25 years this September. Right on. And I love them. And, uh, you know, I mean, I love all motorcycles. If you're on two wheels, we're friends. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, it's funny. We're having a conversation around here. Somebody brought up a, a different shop, you know, a, around Florida, some people we know. And, uh, you, you know, something was brought up about, I don't know how to put this right. It's it's not exactly, and everything's not on the up and up with the shop. And uh, the guy cuts a lot of corners and rips a lot of people off. And, uh, you know, the shop was shutting down and I was like, well, the guy never learned how to survive to do it all to, to keep the doors open. And sometimes, you know, you have to, and I'm not going to profess that I'm a, that whatever, but man, I had to do what I had to do to keep it going this long. And this mm-hmm. is seven, seven years. And, and it's just now getting a little easier and you still have days better, <laughs> you know, you got to fight for it. Well, we, we talk about that a lot, man, that, you know, where this all where this all came from, you know, especially at the, it's it comes to mind that I was just in uh, in Springfield, Mass, with Rich Petoniak, you know, and and when Rich w- had his shop open full time, he was he was you know putting high handlebars on baggers and you know doing wiring on big dogs and oil changes and everything he could do just so that every once in a while he would get to do that project that he really wanted to do. But that was that's how motorcycle shops always were, yeah. you know. Like it was very rare that anyone ever came in because I own one. Like you know, Cycle Source Magazine started in the back of my aftermarket shop, you know, and like it was very rare that people came in and ever and wanted yeah. to talk about a ground up build, you know. Like if you did that, yeah. you did it on your own, like you said, to show what the mm-hmm. shop's abilities were. But most of the time, I was selling. I remember at one point I had. Uh, I had three different styles of ignition switch. I had the, this is the best ignition switch you can get. It'll last a very long time. This is, this one's cheaper, but it's pretty good too. And this is, hey, you're getting paid on Friday. Come back and trade this piece of shit in. You know what I mean? Like that was, but that was running a motorcycle shop, man. That was for real. Yeah. 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 Well, dealing with people that everybody's on a budget, you know, and uh, you got to, Hey, you got to figure out how to make it work, <laughs> yeah, you right. know, and deal with people. And, and, but I, I love it. I'm, I'm very, very 
grateful and thankful to, to get up every day and, and come here and do this stuff. I absolutely love it. So uh, we got a question here from Walter Coro. Why do they call you fish? Man, I'm not good at smoking pot. <laughs> I mean, we won't sugarcoat it. <laughs> and I don't. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> people just don't need to do stuff that makes them dumber. I guess. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Wish more people thought that way. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, it goes back to the story of, of hanging out with some friends. And I was never that you know big of a pot smoker, but they were all passing around some stuff that was pretty strong. And, you know, I caved. And next thing you know, I was sitting in the living room watching TV with my mouth open. And uh, there's, there, there's no glory on that story. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So um, we we got a show coming up. I mean, that was the main reason we asked you to come here tonight. We wanted to talk yeah, to you about yeah, your, yeah. your bikes and your craft and everything else. But but really, this thing is going to be this thing's going to be off the hook. Man, I'm so excited about it. From literally, uh, you know, me and you and Jeff Holt just shooting the breeze about it on the on the floor at, at Jason Holman's show at the, at the Wheels of Steel show and then kind of going out later and talking to honestly a whole bunch of builders that have a lot uh you know very accredited builders that we became friends with and just doing a hey so if we threw this together would would you guys come out and uh I had already been approached for, I, I work with the local Harley dealership, Adam Mac Harley, and they had asked me before we went down to the, uh, the Lakeland show, if we'd be interested in hosting a, a show for bike week. And I didn't feel like, uh, alleyway or myself, you know, could really pull enough weight to try to get some people to come up from Daytona. But after meeting everyone that was man, so nice and, and so so friendly and and uh we all i feel like we, a lot of us became good friends down there and uh we started i came back home and talked to the dealership and, and asked him if the you know if the offer was still on the table and uh we just started uh piecing it together but the premise is is to try to get everybody to take a ride the last saturday of, of bike week and come up the, the dealership's 40 42 miles north on interstate 95 from ross myers Yep. And, uh, man, you know, what a awesome list of builders, you know, 13 of, of some of the best, uh, you know, the bikes that they're, you know, internet famous and, and have won awards all across the country and, and just some incredible people to come together to be the, uh, you know, to, to, to be the entertainment for the event. You know, I, I can't believe it. It's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty excited about this because, to have a uh, a Harley dealer that's willing to host like such a such a mixed event, you know, like it, it seem it seems like they really get it, you know, they're putting out the red carpet for for you to get this thing going there, and it I'm I'm super excited about this. Yeah, but, they're um, they're third generation, you know, um, from from way back with the, with the pictures on the wall to prove it, and the two brothers Mark and Chris, you, you know, they're they're kind of got their finger on the pulse of, of what's going on and are. Uh, they're pretty receptive and, and, and open to to a lot of ideas. Uh, Chris Adamac has a huge vintage bike, uh, race bike collection, which he's going to have on display. And, uh, you know, I, I work with a lot of people there that, you know, 
they're they're great people. So that you know, they got the Ives Brothers Wall of Death, and uh, you know, ponied up uh, enough cash for us to make this kind of a, a pretty serious thing to to try to get. Uh, I think we're going to have a good turnout. Yeah. So what are what are the the cash awards? Can you talk about that? So the cash second? awards are thousand uh, dollars for the pro builders purse, and it's five hundred dollars for each of the six categories uh, for the other classes, which are, we'll probably do two chopper classes. We'll probably do a pre-84 and an 84 and later category. Uh, we're going to do best paint, uh, an FXR and Dyna class, because we're, we're trying to get a little bit of the performance bike stuff. You know, I love, I love the performance bike stuff too. Um, so we're going to try to get that category packed out. Uh, we're going to do a bagger class. Um, I think that's six. Oh, and an antique and restoration class. And then there's going to be a, a seventh class that won't be for cash. It'll just be kind of an open class, um, you know, for people that, that don't have such a custom bike, but try to get some other people, you, you know, like if you put some exhaust and some handlebars on your bike. and, and Yeah, like a Joe's class. Know. Like a Joe's. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I think, I think, Chris, I think you and I discussed that a little bit. You know, so, it, so people can come out and still participate and not feel like they have to have a huge crazy show bike to do so well and you said too like this is uh you know for it to be at a harley dealer for there to be you know not only the harley davidson side of things the top of the custom side of things the the media that's going to be involved the fact that it's you know encouraging traffic maybe on their way home from daytona you know there's going to be such a great yeah. mix there to begin with you don't want to leave anybody out you know so i, no, I think i think no. that's commendable to make it so so well-rounded in inception, you know. Well, I mean, I hope so. Hope so. <laughs> you know, between you guys hosting it and Jason Hallman hosting it, uh, you know, um, you, you guys been doing it for a long time. I, I think, uh, you know, I think it's gonna be good. We've done a big show or two. You know, earlier, whenever you were talking about uh, someone was was starting to talk about a bike and you know another another bike shop in Florida. I, w I was sure you were going to the the story about Jason wearing women's shoes and and that <laughs> that red wig of his, dude. Like he's, he's got to put that shit down. Like he's past age now. Poor Jason. Or is he? <laughs> hey, you gotta throw it out there on the internet like that. You got I I don't know Jason well enough to bust his balls like that. But hey, it was out there. <laughs> uh, Pretty funny though. No, you know what? He's he's honestly he's honestly been one of the best guys that we've met in this over the years. And like you said, that thing that happened in uh, in Lakeland, that was a really special deal. You know, I I know you guys that watch this show all the time. You've heard us talk about the Wheels of Steel show that we went to, but it was amazing because in one exhibition hall, there were like some of the top young bagger guys and some of the top young FXR guys and some of the top young chopper guys and everybody was just grooving together man like you know like fish just said by the time we all left there everybody made lifetime friends and you know it, it was a it was an exceptional event i really feel that way well you know and i i really um kind of mirrored quite a bit of, of, of jason's event and that what i loved about his event was that he picked the right people so there wasn't really negative energy from uh, attendees that wanted to, you know, all the builders were very approachable and, uh, you know, nobody, there was a dick yeah. and that kept a great vibe 
for, for the event for, you know, for two days. It was awesome. So I gotta, I gotta bring this picture up shifting gears just for a second. We're going to come back to the bike show in a minute. I have some, I have some questions about, you know, the intricacies of it, but this is, this is what we're talking about when we're, we're saying this cat, like that whole thing just screams like, like it's a gallery. Like somebody would put this together as an example of someone with like an overload of motorcycle art passion, this would be the picture that they would hang up. Well, I can't take credit for the, for the art. Um, the art, my closest friend, Mike Wilson did. Is that, um, dude, that's so badass. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate that, uh, you know, he and I are very close friends and I've, I've done quite a few bikes with him. Um, but you know, to have all that stuff to get the shop, Oh, you know, kind of dressed up. I gotta, you know. I gotta, yeah, there we go. So this is, this is what I was talking about. Like your space is, your space is badass. Thank you. See that? Thank Heather. you. See Heather. Oh, I, I saw it. I think it's absolutely incredible. S see that? I think it's see, incredible. See that space he has? <laughs> yeah. And honey, we're, we're working on getting you that space. <laughs> I got shop envy. Well, you know, Fish, for a while there. we up with that artist? Pardon me? When you get after the show, can you send me that artist information? We'd love to do a profile on him. Absolutely. Sure. Please. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for a while there, with the way the shop got dressed out, and we know so many um, tattoo artists that ride and stuff, we were going to kind of do a uh, a little bit of a, a commission gallery where we'd have art on display, and if people wanted to buy it uh, or whatever, we'd try to help each other out. But what it turned into was – trying to keep people out of here so we can get work done <laughs> you know so we kind of left it like like that but see greg you know. greg white agrees with me said that's not a garage it's a motorcycle <laughs> art studio so <laughs> what's what's the hardest thing for you about about actually having a having a, a full-time shop uh the the management of it yeah. i hate it i hate doing the you know not I mean, just the books and, and arranging everything. You just want to come in and, and create and, and and knock out what you got to knock out. But unfortunately, there's there's a lot of, uh, as we all know, the, the business end that has to go along with it. But I kind of try to pride myself on, on, you know, customer satisfaction and, and keeping things on the calendar, completing jobs when they're supposed to be completed, starting them when they're supposed to be completed, not taking in too much work and stuff like that. But finding that balance is equally as important in my opinion and as difficult as you know trying to to get past the, the whatever it may be you're trying to accomplish you know that, that stuff that shit sucks <laughs> rob, rob nussbaum owns a place up in new jersey retro cycle if you're not familiar and he's oh yeah yeah, yeah. he says yeah. fucking paperwork <laughs> yeah man it's it's brutal but you know i i I've just now found a balance where I don't have to do paperwork on Sundays, you know, because that's when it all come down to, I better get this shit together before people start showing up Monday and not knowing who ordered what parts. And, oh. <laughs> you know. God, you sound more like me than I care to admit. I've been, I've been doing, uh, I told Jason about this today. I was talking to him. I said, hey, he's, what have you been doing? And I said, well, it's not, it hasn't been sexy or rock and roll. I've been doing backloading of, data acquisition for like a week 
And oh, analytics. The fact that I know what that means, I want to go outside and kick my own ass for just for saying those <laughs> words, you know. But the fact that that's yeah. what I spent the last week doing really makes me want to be hard on myself. So let let's talk about the show. Like, how do you how do you get signed up? Do you have to sign up ahead of time? Do you sign up on site? Is there you know um, a website to go to places to stay around there? Because we're planning on making a. This is going to be more than just a quick stop for us. Yeah, well, there's there's three hotels around there. Uh, the road that the dealership's on runs parallel to 95, and there's all kinds of stuff around there. Um, but there's three hotels. We're not going to do a pre-registration just because we're coming up on this so quick. Uh, we aspire to next year have a full like website and social media pages and all that stuff. Um, right now, we're getting all, all the information we're just sharing with people through the alleyway. Uh, social media and websites and stuff like that. But registration for the six categories for the bike show is ten bucks uh, per entry. It's all day of show. I think we're starting registration uh, nine to eleven. Show something like twelve to four or something like that. Right. Um, and and there's discounts for the for the hotels if uh, if you mention the event. Right on. So go check them out. Get ready. Um, Man, I'm so happy to announce that there's events going on at all. But, you know, now that there's going to be an overabundance for our, our annual spring kickoff, because that's what we, we, everybody from the Northeast is looking forward to Daytona every year. But this is going to be even better because in, instead of just like down and back for Florida, we get to have this nice layover in Jacksonville. And I finally get to spend some time in that town. Yeah, man. That's what's up. <laughs> what? we're looking forward to it thank you guys what what's uh what's next for you where, where can people go to keep an eye on you and an alleyway uh the alleyway instagram page um which is just alleyway customs with a k we're also on facebook uh we have a website www.alleywaycustoms.com and we're slowly building our youtube channel Right now, the YouTube channel, uh, we did a series of videos. Uh, it was like 11 videos documenting the last panhead build, Francine, that we did. Right so that's on. up there right now. And uh, we're adding <clears throat> we're adding a bunch of the podcast formats that we've been on. Um, we did Jason Holman's Garage Built podcast twice. Um, we did You Guys Shop Talk twice. And then I just came back from Dallas and did Jace at the Fast Life Garages podcast. So we're going to get those up there, too. So if people are interested in finding uh, find out the backstories and the odds and ends, uh, all that stuff's up there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, like I said, man, go check them out. Um, great people. You're one. You're one of my. You're one of my new favorite go tos. <laughs> like, no no shit. Thank you, guys. No shit. Living it. Living it like we like to see it. So for whatever reason, you're getting it done that way. Don't stop. Um, right on, man. We definitely right want to have uh, we definitely want to have more information for people. So I'm going to ask if we can get some banners and stuff put up on the Cycle Source website. We'll for sure get the events flyer up there. Any links and stuff that we have. So if you guys want more information, hit us up through that. Um, you'll see some stuff on social media about that, and and you get to spend some time with us on site at Adamatic Adamic. Adamek. You figured I'd be able to say that. I grew up with the Adamek kids here, for Christ's sake. You get to spend some time with us at Adamek Harley-Davidson right after Daytona. Fishman, thanks so much for being here with us tonight. I hope uh, I hope we did okay with you. Sorry we had some technical difficulties oh. at the beginning of the show. Always a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. All right, buddy. Take Anytime. it easy. 
right. You guys have a good one. We'll see you. See you, Fish. Take care, Fish. Bye. I so wish you could have been at that show with us, man, and, and got to hang out with these cats because he was like – his booth, like I said, it was – it was it was stand out from incredible. start from beginning to end of his booth. Yeah, just just full of shit that you wanted to sit and look at. Yes, yeah, well, sort of in so many ways, it. he's so much like you, Chris, because he's so diverse and so multi talented. He's way better than me. <laughs> oh, well, I think I think only because based on some of the conversations that we've had with him. He has the ability to focus a little better than you do. I, I'm going to call it maturity. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest and say it. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah, he, he's definitely more I of think, a grown-up than me. Yeah, like if you have the ability <laughs> to say, today I'm going to paint instead of, today I'm going to pay Blaze and paint and put a magazine together. And, oh, I'm going to go build that panhead. Phil, Phil Dunster in from New Zealand. Hey, today, let me show you what I learned today. This is how you fix a crackling audio channel. You shouldn't necessarily try to do this while you're on air doing the show, <laughs> but it deoxidize it. Learn Sometimes it. You got to do what you got to do. Know it. Son Learn of a it. Bitch. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. Who's got what? What's going on next? We got a we got a little bicycle to put together. Are you coming to? Are you coming to? Uh, to uh, Austin Andrella's with me. Yeah, I'm. I'm really gonna give it my best shot. I mean, unfortunately, my you know how my days go right now. So Austin Andrella this weekend, we're going up to do a whole welding segment and check this out. Not just aluminum. Austin has uh, from I believe it's called Weldmade, but we're gonna put a whole thing up about it. He has these little uh, they're called weld coupons, and it's for like practice and welding. These little shapes that you build. He has one uh, set for us for aluminum. One for mild steel and one for stainless. So we're going to get a whole thing on on welding with Austin. Um, build some of the the uh, the Harley Davidson electric bike while we're there. Um, also coming up this weekend or next weekend. I'm sorry for next week's show. This is going to be our year in review show. So the year in review magazine. We're actually going to announce all the winners. Now here's how we're going to do this. We've asked the hosts of Coast to Coast, so Chris Simmons and Michael Lichter. And we've also asked the hosts from Cannonball Chronicles. So Jason Sims, Rob Nussbaum, and we're going to bring Rebecca along from Red Flyer Media. We're all going to sit in on this. And we're going to announce the best ofs from this year for the awards. Everybody's going to talk about that a little bit. It'll be a nice thing for, to have all the hosts of all the shows on one show. Hopefully I won't have crackling audio for that. <laughs> um Heather has a killer, killer lineup coming up. We're we're booking we're booking shows now like two and three months out. So there's going to be some yeah. great great guests coming up here, including some stuff from uh, a special secret place in South Dakota that we're not allowed to talk about right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's we're we're gonna have some really cool stuff coming down the pipe. I think Chris and I are gonna be hitting a couple places on our way back. From New Hampshire, when we bring my mom back up, yes. um, we're going to be doing some filming. Uh, filming on the way back. Sorry, I'm just laughing at Tim. Well, and some um, of the big things that are going on too, like the Dream Bike giveaway stuff, is going on right now at OCC. So we're going to be stopping in and do some filming with Josh and those guys. Um, Rich Petoniak and the Shovelhead Project. We're you know part of the way through that project. We're going to be visiting that with him again. Um, man, there's so much. So much. I know. It's crazy. It's all going to be good. It's going to be good. But next week's going to be a great show. I think it's going to be true chaos with all the hosts on here. I may uh, 
Maybe I'll just take control of the sound effects. By the way, everybody voted that I should have sound effects. I don't care what everybody said. Listen, you know what sound effect I have control of? Your microphone. <laughs> See that? Uh, <laughs> no, but I'm just going to start pushing buttons then because I have it. Oh, but seriously, man, listen, I want to thank everybody for watching. Um, this is Shop Talk. We go live every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. Don't forget to watch the other source media programs, which include Coast to Coast that airs Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard and the Cannonball Chronicles Wednesdays at 9 as well. Until next week, I want to thank you guys for letting us into your headspace. And, uh, man, get out in the garage and go do something. It's wintertime in most of the country, right? Till we can come back with you. Same chopper time. Same chopper channel. Bye, Felicia. You know, we barely made it out of that one. <laughs>